So I think it's worth noting that um, our last session together was um, quite a unique session. In a certain sense, it was maybe groundbreaking for this group, and that uh, people really shared of themselves in a very real way. And I think that's something that we should try to keep going as best we can, because uh, that's the real highest end goal of this kind of getting together, where we can really try to face the challenges together and figure them out and hopefully find a path together. Uh, last time on this topic of uh, the challenges to learning, we started off with the um, uh, idea that in every situation of challenge, we have the opportunity of acquiring something very positive that stands on the other side of the challenging situation. If we have some kind of a struggle that's based on some mida, some weakness that uh, we are made with, and there's always a zeluma zeh counterbalancing mida taiva. We should always try to look for what is the positive quality that can be gained in this process. What is the positive quality that stands opposing the more challenging one? As is true in all midas. Um, Rambam says that uh, there are the two extremes. And then there's the uh, in between, that is a desirable, most desirable state. So in every situation where something is holding us back from what we would like to be able to do, we can use it as an opportunity to acquire something very positive. And that helps to be much more okay with whatever it is that we're facing. This is what Hashem has given us as the means for our growth. In a similar vein, we find in uh, many good sources that when it comes to uh, the acquiring of Torah per se, the efforts that are put in that contribute to it, that prepare for it, that enable it, that go along with the actual learning process are also part of the actual involvement and work in Torah that is the means for it to be acquired. There's the Gemara Menachos uh, that tells us that Avimi forgot a Masechta and he went to his Talmud of Chizda to be taught the Masechta, to relearn the Masechta. And the Gemara asks, why didn't he call his Talmud to come to him? After all, he was the Rebbe. Maybe that would be um, more, so to speak, of the Kavanah Torah. And the more answers that he held, this way you'll have more siyatha deshmaya. Rashi says, because of the concept of yegaita umatsasa. Torah is discovered through yegiya, through working. So this was not a matter of actual working, actual toiling in Torah itself in the learning process. It was just that he went to the Talmud. So the Misha Savaran learns from here, and I heard it also from the Shiva Zechal Nebracha, and also B'Shem, his father, that um, we see that not only is the actual direct toiling in Torah part of what is the means for first to acquire Torah as part of that Yigiyah, that effort, 
but even something that is part of the process. He's going, he's walking, and Mishnah Varen explains that it's not simply the physical exertion, but his act of humility to go to learn from the Talmud. After all, the Talmud is one who has the Torah now, and for the Rebbe to humble himself is a very powerful act of humility, which has a great role to play in the acquisition of Torah. It's one of the critical qualities that we need as the Gemara spells out. So we see that in addressing the Midas that attends, that relate to learning Torah, a person is also engaged in what is defined by the Gemara as a malus in Torah. And the Mishnah Varan spells it out very clearly later on. It's his absolute real amelus as if it's Torah Mamish. And in a similar vein, the Chazanish, in, in explaining what it means, Adam Kiyamus Ba'ul, a person has to name Atmo al he says what that means is the turning away from the simple kind of life, from the superficial type of life, to a deeper kind, to the inner, inner place of life. He says that every overcoming of a midah, every breaking of a midah is some kind of a partial mamis that superficiality of himself. That's, I guess you could say, gashmi part of himself. And that is what's preparing him to be able to receive Torah. And that is what we see from the Gemara is an actual real effort of working to acquire Torah. So uh, we, we could certainly say about this getting together that uh, we're attempting to engage in a real effort of toiling in Torah for Torah. Because to understand the challenges and what's maybe at the root of them is a very, very um, significant aspect of that effort. So it's not just, we shouldn't look at it just as um, a need to get something out of the way to enable us to learn. No, this is the actual process through which a person merits to receive the gift of Torah. The Gerov is Medaik, the Gaita Matsasa. Ultimately, it's a Metziah, something that's been given to a person from Hashem. Moral explains how can a person understand the, the wisdom of Hashem. It's only through Hashem blessing him with it. That's why he has to be purified. That's why he has to be relating himself, connecting himself to all the Midas of Hashem. And we can understand very well for many Midas how they have a very close connection. Because what is the Torah? This is Hashem's wisdom. Hashem's chesed, the Gemara says. Hashem's truth. So we start to think a little bit how um, all the Midas that are contained in Torah, they represent Hashem, are by definition part of one and the same of Torah, as if we are different than that, it's going to be a barrier. The more we liken ourselves to that, then the more we will be conditioned to receive, and I guess you could say worthy to receive. Like the morale says, when a person makes a good effort to overcome barriers, he's bringing himself closer. So in every aspect that there's a barrier, and we try to find a way to overcome that barrier, not by brute force, of course, but by good, good analysis, good discussion. So we are 
bring ourselves closer to Hashem and of course thereby innate the conditions and being of course also worthy to receive his gift of his wisdom. So that's what we're trying to do. And um, we're certainly uh, hoping for Allah in that endeavor. So allow me to ask if uh, any of what we said so far makes sense to anyone. Remember, there are three choices. You could say yes, no, or we could hear it again if you'd want to repeat it. This should only work if somebody's brave enough to tell me yes, it made sense, or no, it didn't, or let's hear it again. Oh, no. Can I do the talk show solo? It makes sense, bro. What, what, somebody tell me, what does shtika mean? Moshe, <laughs> tell me, what does shtika mean? <laughs> You don't have the heart to tell me it didn't make sense. You don't want to lie and say it did. You don't have the heart to tell me it didn't make sense. But you're embarrassed to say, let me hear it again. Okay, I got it. Go ahead, Simcha, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, just, I mean, what you're saying is that, is, is, is that, if, you know, a person has to really go deep into, in, into, uh, into Torah to, to, uh, uh, to to re- I mean to 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 really get benefit from learning is that what you're saying or we're trying to, <clears throat> to sort of set the table with the idea that the Gemara says a person was created for toiling in Torah the primary mission of a person of a Jew is what's called Amel um, B'Tayra. Simply, we understand that to mean in the actual learning process, trying to understand, thinking hard, concentrating, reviewing, the actual learning process. And although we know that um, uh, it's very important to have good midas, and those are a necessary prerequisite, but we think of them as a preliminary stage. Of course, if they are needed, then they're quite important. But we look at them as a preliminary stage. And of course, they have a great value in their own right to acquire good midas, and especially because they are needed for Torah. But what we see from the Gemara Menachos is that the, the, the performance of the midas and the acquisition of the midas that relate to being able to acquire Torah, that are involved with it, that are a preparation for it, that are a necessary ingredient for it, are actually a fulfillment of this great mission of being Amel B'tayr. You might think if I'm trying to be more humble, trying to be more honest, trying to be more kind, trying to be more compassionate, etc. That's, I'm preparing myself to be able to receive Hashem's Torah like the morale says, how could it come to somebody who is physical, and Hashem's wisdom is pure spiritual. So it's like a preparation. But does this go into the category of that great, most praiseworthy endeavor of toiling in Torah? We would think of it, no, it's only like a, maybe a, I don't know, somewhat of a lesser level. 
very important, but not the actual learning yet. And uh, Nimisha Zavaran is proving from the Gemara Menachos that no, this is on an equal plane. This is real toiling in Torah for Torah. The humbling of Avimi to his Talmud to go to learn from him, his humbling himself, that's called Yagaita Matsasa, the toiling that's needed to be gifted with Torah. And so to any barrier that there would be to have to remove, any good quality that would have to be acquired that would purify a person, that would uplift a person, that would condition a person, that would enable a person, is considered part of the actual efforts through which a person acquires Torah. Hashem can give it. This is how it has to come, through work. Okay, here's my work. I have this challenge. In whatever media it might be, in whatever personal quality it might be, this is my challenge. This is how I am toiling to acquire Torah. So we might think like, I'm not even engaging in Torah in having this group discussion. No, we're actually engaging in the real process of toiling in Torah. I don't know if we make a bracha on it, but <laughs> but it is it is essential. It is one of the same with any effort that a person makes in the process of trying to learn, understand, and acquire Torah. Trying to understand myself. So, you know, to be very blunt about it, if I go to my therapist and he helps me understand what's going on in me, I wouldn't think, oh, this is a learning session. This is engaging in Amelis Vitaira. This is going to help me to acquire Torah the next time that I actually try to learn through this process of understanding myself better and being able to maybe ease some of the preventions or some of the distortions that are, that come into the learning process. So the Gemara is teaching us, no, this is Amelis and Torah. This is Yagaito Matsasa. I'm making this effort and that is contributing to my acquiring Torah. It's an effort that makes me worthy of it, deserving of it. But it's also an effort that is conditioning me, that's preparing me, that's enabling me to receive it. The more purified I am, the more I am like Hashem, the more I am a re proper receptacle for Torah, it's considered the actual process. Okay, how did that sound? Did anybody um, think they understood? Okay, that's all I need. <laughs> okay, so this is just a, a preparation process. Go ahead, please. What's the, what is the difference? What you call it? Um, I think just um, for us, um, that can make it a little bit easier because um, There's a certain kind of a, like a resistance to like being aware of our challenges, understanding them, facing them. We, we, we tend to feel about it like, what am I really accomplishing with, with getting involved with that? So at the best, I'm getting some problem out of the way. I don't see it as like a positive accomplishment. So if I can reach the level of really acquiring something good, you know, coming to the real goods, 
acquisition of a positive character trait. So then we could see the value of it. But, but with just the process, engaging in the process, the working in that struggle with that barrier be viewed as something of an innately positive nature. Of course we should, but it helps us to know that the Gemara is clearly defining it as such. The Gemara is clearly calling it, this is a real effort of involvement to acquire Torah. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think so now like, this is like, it's, it's uh, can infuse it with a lot of positive feeling about it. It's much, much, much like, uh, much less to, you know, be ambivalent. Do I want to get involved? Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's, let's take it on. Let's see what it's all about. Let's figure this out. And that is, that's the means of, of receiving Hashem's greatest gifts. So I just wanted to sort of look at some of the things that were shared last week. Um, not from the perspective of trying to understand the, the individual people, because that's not my capacity, but, but only to take some of the ingredients that they mentioned and, and, and like sort of share of myself how it sounds to me, which is really a reflection more of myself than it is necessarily of them. Although there can be some things that are quite universal and we'll all be able to see that we all share in this. But I'd like to take a few examples and try to get a sense of what's really going on behind the scenes. Uh, because it wasn't totally spelled out, which is quite understandable. One challenge that was mentioned was something along these lines. When I was in yeshiva, I was learning on a higher level than I am right now, which could be quite understandable. There was more time, there's more people to be involved with. I can, I can maybe go deeper, I can go broader, more time and more help to get to a, maybe a higher level. Although I wonder a little bit because as we can get more mature, the thinking gets a little clearer, but it's quite possible that a person's time, energy, and circumstances make the learning limited. So I can only get to a certain level. That's not the same as I did in the past. So I feel that um, this is just second rate. This is not measuring up to what I used to be able to do. And it's hard to have hashivas for it. So I think I can relate to that a little bit. Um, and I think it's worth uh, analyzing what's really going on. Because after all, let's say I had never learned on a higher level. And I reaching level that I'm at right now, which is decent, which is respectable. And I would have nothing else to compare it to. How would I feel about it? It would be, it would be pretty good. I could be, I could be very grateful for this. What's causing the problem? The fact that in the past, I was on a higher level. 
Am I, am I holding myself responsible for being negligent and not doing what I could do right now? No, I feel I'm doing pretty much as best I could do. But still, I feel it's inadequate compared to what I did before. So why should what I'm doing now be reduced in its value? Because before I had the good fortune to, to do something even better. Okay, Baruch Hashem, in the, in the past I had that good situation. I was able to do even a higher level of learning. Now I'm in this situation, then I'm doing what I can do now. Why does the fact that before I learned on a higher level cause me to lose value of what I'm doing now, which is lower, but nevertheless pretty good and, and pretty much the best I could be doing? So my guess is, that really what's at the core is that that achievement was something that was very significant to me to give myself a good feeling about myself. I made a good accomplishment, a significant accomplishment in learning. And that gave me a very good sense of, of achievement, a good sense of, of about myself, I'm able to accomplish this, I'm at this level. Now that I'm not at that level, so I'm feeling myself as lesser. I'm, I'm seeing that what I'm doing now is not as good as before. That means, in effect, that I'm not as good as before. I'm not the same person as I was before when I was learning to my peak ability. Now I've been reduced. Now I'm lesser. Now I'm maybe just not, not good enough because that became my standard for my good respect for myself. Um, there, was, there was an idea shared. I was expecting that my learning would transform me to make me into a better person. And I see that that really hasn't happened yet. So it makes me feel like it's really not working. So this sounds to me, again, just, you know, <laughs> borrowing from my own experience or projecting my own experience, not necessarily uh, claiming to know what's going on in the, in the heart of another person that um, I was expecting the learning to, to produce a fantastic result. I was aiming for some kind of an amazing accomplishment that my learning should transform me into, a, into an overall better person. I wasn't looking at it as like, okay, this is going to be small incremental steps. I hope it could help me a little bit. It's going to take me take a long time. It's going to be a process. But I was hoping for transformation. And that hasn't happened. So then I'm not getting from it what I thought I would get from it. I wanted to get from it something amazing, something grandiose. I wanted to become a, a spiritual being, a whole different person. And I'm still a regular guy. Now, I might be more aware of some of those 
some of those issues, some of those shortcomings. Maybe the learning has helped me to become a little bit more self-aware, maybe able to analyze a little bit more correctly, but uh, that doesn't give me a sense of accomplishment from it because I was looking for something like very big. And I could remember, not exactly in this kind of way, but looking for, hoping for, aiming for almost superhuman accomplishment. Trying to be myself and learning it, also do what other people were doing at the same time. So compete with them on their terms and also try to also be myself. And that was surely not manageable, to put it nicely. So what's that all about? Why am I aiming for or hoping for a phenomenal achievement? Am I just like, you know, so greedy? I can't, uh, I can't be satisfied with um, something that's, you know, more natural, more, you know, within the realm of the basic teva, why do I, why am I looking for something superhuman, supernatural? Anybody want to guess? The floor is open. Anybody wants to dare guess? You can guess about me. It's okay. I give a shush. <laughs> Don't be kind. Be honest. you repeat the question what we're supposed to take a guess at? The question is, why might a person be looking for some kind of a almost superhuman achievement um, by himself or through the learning process? Why would I be hoping that learning is going to totally transform me? Or why would I be trying to do something that takes almost superhuman effort to, to accomplish in my learning? Why would I not be okay with Something that is like more, you know, <laughs> down to earth. Because, because we're not told that learning is, you know, down to earth. We're told it's, it is transformative. Hmm. I mean, so so you you you're saying that we're really getting a message that if I said learn sincerely and earnestly, I'm going to become mamish tzaddik. I don't know if you'll become mamish but you will you will experience my bad meters will fall away. Not even that. I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you you will experience the amazing things that Torah has to offer. And yeah, and and sometimes that's billed as you'll become a Baal Chesed or more of a Baal Chesed. Um You'll, you'll be more of a tzaddik, you'll be more of a masmid. But don't forget, we're also told about the Bishol Salanter and the Bikiva, seeing the water on the rock, small drops. It's very, very imperceptible, takes a long time. I don't know if we could know on our own when it's going to be the crack through point, when the water finally cracks through, you know? So like, <laughs> maybe it's still the process. Who says how long it's supposed to take, and you know, and how long we have on this earth to get to that point? So my hunch is, speaking for myself at least, maybe in a sort of 
projecting onto this example that um, in order for us to really feel good enough about ourselves, we need to accomplish something and hopefully through the learning, which is supposed to be very powerful and very important, something that is just like amazing. Oh, if I do something that big, that great, then I'm good. Then I'm accomplished. Then I'm successful. Then I can be okay with myself. But anything less than that is not going to prove to me how great I am that I'm that I'm needing so desperately. Because that will convince me that oh I'm good. Look what I did. I became transformed for the learning. I I, I matched all these illusion in the yeshiva. <laughs> Who knows what? Whatever it might be. So I stayed up till who knows what time in the morning. It's all coming, it's quite likely that it's coming from a need to give myself that sense of achievements through this uniquely great achievement. And that's a a good sign of um, very powerful, some kind of drive for that, need for that somehow lacking that something that this is trying to replace and fulfill for me in a sort of a replacement kind of way or in a artificial way because it's not really what it's meant to be. Um, so, so Rebbe, would you, would you advocate for a more not, I don't know, like neutral, but just like an open uh, perspective when it comes to like learning, like like any other experience that you just you don't know much about. And you're like, hey, let me let me try this and see what it's like, and just um, I hear that question. Um, I think we should have belief that. Uh, it has great power in it. But we shouldn't make any like assumptions about what that result is going to be. And certainly we shouldn't be doing it based on our need for those fantastic results. We should let it work, do its job, and trust it to do its job. Not to like, you know, make artificial standards that I've been realizing it most of the time that this needs to reach. We should say, okay, we believe that the, what, what, what the terrorist says, this has great power. And if it doesn't seem to be working, we need to try, we need to, try to figure that out. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe there's something that's blocking it. Let me, let me engage fully. Let me you know, be open. Like you're saying, to be open with at the same time, a confidence that it has good power. And without knowing exactly how that's going to work, we should definitely look for the aspects of it that we could understand a little bit. Like we know that 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 Torah helps us to improve our power of analysis, our power of judgment. If we're using that, if we're trying to utilize that, so it's 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 reasonable that it will be better than beforehand. You take, you know, a young child, somebody who didn't engage in any kind of learning, 
So his thinking capacity is lesser. Someone that uses it best they could. It's reasonable that it will develop, it will be better. There's no way to test it based on comparison to somebody else because we don't know their starting point. But we could may sometimes see for ourselves, oh, this is something that I didn't really have clarity in a few years ago. And now it's starting to come into focus. Now I was able to notice something in the learning or in myself that I didn't notice before. That takes a while. The Shiva said it could take five years before a person has the sense that I have a little better grip. So it's, it's also very subtle. So you have to give it, you know, about 40 years, I would say. <laughs> Don't be afraid, it goes quick. <laughs> but there could come a point where something will like light up. It's like, oh man. <laughs> Uh, where did that come from? We cannot pinpoint exactly where it came from. But there's a, a combination, there's a cumulative effect where, where not just a mystical transformation, it could be a, a, a maturity of understanding, capacity to really get something clear that could affect a lot of things. So we have every good hope. And there's also a lot of inf valuable information that we should continue to try to access more and more of it. There's, there's treasures in information. So uh, there's all good hope that there could be a lot of good help there. But at the same time, we should keep our finger on the pulse and see, well, this doesn't seem to have helped me yet. Let me try to figure out if I, if I can, why not? Maybe, you know, <laughs> Maybe I need to broaden my learning. Maybe there's something else that I need. Does that make sense? Not yet. I don't want to hog the mic. Can I hear your question again? What? Let me hear your question again. You want to hear my question again? Yeah. That asked five minutes ago? Yeah. About should we just take like a more, kind of have like zero expectations of what Torah will offer? I realize I'm changing the question, but. Okay, it's fine. Ha have like, don't come in with any preconceived notions of what Torah will do for you or what feelings it'll produce, what changes it'll cause. Because go in with like an open attitude, try to try to experience it as you're experiencing it and not as you were told to experience it. Okay, very good. At the very least, we shouldn't approach it essentially in a, in a mystical slash magical kind of way, hoping for something to just like happen magically. We should try to understand as best we can how it's intended to help us. I think it's pretty reasonable that if somebody spends real intense effort on a topic of who's entitled to the money and the what conditions goes to Ruven, it goes to Shimon. There's, there could be something that could linger from that with some kind of respect for somebody else's money. Like Rabbi Goldman mentioned in the previous session, maybe we need to 
you know, at least try to keep our, our awareness of that and try to utilize that. But there, we, we should look for all the ways and means, whatever we're learning, of how can we take something from this that could really help me in life. Sometimes it'll be more direct. Sometimes it'll be more indirect. It's enhancing my thinking process, my understanding of things that are subtle. But if I can, if I could test it out and come back to something that we learned before, like maybe, you know, even something in Masil Sasharim and see, oh, now it's different. Now I notice problems I didn't even have before. Okay, I see that I'm gaining the capacity to understand things in a more mature way. Maybe I'll have more questions. That's all part of the process. And the same thing with myself. If I can see that I can become more self-aware, that could be helped by other things as well. But if I'm able to analyze patiently, think about something, try to judge it correctly. Okay, these are skills that are utilized, that are being developed in learning. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm able, if I, if I use my learning to develop the humility and the willingness to recognize, so I don't have the pshat yet. Oh, okay, I got to keep working. I can develop my honesty, to be able to admit to myself I don't really understand this yet. So there are very real opportunities that can be utilized in learning. I could utilize my respect for another person to really listen to my harusa, etc. There are opportunities that abound. And of course, there is also the mystical element, but I don't know if we should like be relying upon that for something just magical to happen. We should try to find the find the ways for it to be happening in a, in a real life kind of way. And look for all the types of learning that will really reach us, that will inspire us, that will, will make us just be amazed by its beauty and not be satisfied until we find that for ourselves. How does that sound? That's not what you were told. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't mean to be like sort of bursting a bubble. But um, I think it's better to be as, as down to earth and realistic as we can be than try to find something good in our life that we can relate to directly. Um, okay, let's try to um, continue this, uh, this little um, analysis, how we say. Uh, someone mentioned that um, now that he's working most of the day, if uh, he sets aside an hour for learning, but it has a um, effect of causing him to feel the rest of the day is not productive, because not spiritual. It causes him to think, well, maybe I should be learning more during the day, and I'm not. So it's really better not to go there. So I wonder about that as well. What's really at the core of this? If, uh, let's say, I'm comparing myself to yeshiva where 
there I was learning the whole day. And now my day is spiritual for only one small part. Why is, why, why is that so, so difficult? It's not because I really hold that I should be learning a whole day. Okay, maybe a bit more. Okay, I can I can try to make my best judgment, my best assessment. And and what if even in the worst case scenario, I know about myself that I could do more. And somehow I'm not ready. I'm not willing. How does that force me to drop it totally? What is about that conflict where I'm caused to feel maybe I really could learn more, which I'm not yet. And that therefore this has to be avoided. What is, what is the extreme nature of that pain? Just because like I cannot bear the awareness that I'm not doing something that's totally right. I would think that's a worthy sacrifice for the sake of learning. That amount of discomfort is a worthy sacrifice to make. In terms of, you know, some mysterious nefesh, that's certainly a good one. So what makes this like too painful to bear? If the knowledge I'm doing something wrong is the, is the, is the pain, then I, I probably have that already anyway. But no, if I'm gonna learn for an hour a day, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna gnaw away at me. But why not two hours, which I'm not doing? What is the, what is, why is that overwhelming? Why does that shut me down? Anybody want to take a shot at that? Again, we're not trying to analyze the person. We're just trying to analyze this as a, as like you know, an abstract. Um, means of analysis. I have a general idea. Okay, go ahead. I think it can apply also to other um, possible difficulties also with learning, is that sometimes there are things other than the value of the learning itself, which um, came across to us when we were in our um, earlier learning environment that it was either about um, learning a lot or being advanced. Torah was the thing that was the focus of, of that, but it wasn't so much, um, I, it wasn't necessarily so much like, it wasn't so necessarily so much sold as a valuable item, it was more sold as as something that's important to be um, advanced in or do a so lot of. A means of success. You know, a way to be successful. Well, it, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't presented that way clearly that like this is how you will be a successful person, but. I'm not sure what I'm saying. And I, I got, uh, it could be I'm, I'm trying to respond to a different difficulty, but, um, but I think some of it might have to do with, and this obviously won't apply to everyone equally, because some people felt like that in yeshiva, they were, they felt a real connection to the learning. 
and um, it was actually valuable in and of itself. But some people what, might what? have been in. You go ahead. No, some people might have been in an environment where it yeah. was uh, like being being advanced and learning, being a good learner. That was that was what was valued. Okay. It wasn't valued just it wasn't valued no. just somebody who was learning. It wasn't valued, oh you came to Yeshiva, you're learning. That's a great thing. It was valued that you're an advanced student or you're a student that learns a lot. Okay. So that that means that that um, the, the the learning is associated with um, specifically becoming advanced, becoming somebody who is considered advanced. That's what I mean by successful, achieving advancement, becoming this person who can be labeled as an advanced learner. So it's about me. It's about who I am. It's not about the value of the learning itself or that's that good endeavor, that good involvement. It's about my achieving a label of an advanced learner, or you might say a label of a lambda. For me to be labeling myself and others labeling me with this stamp of approval, which then, if um, I'm not measuring up to that, I'm certainly bound to feel that I'm not okay, I'm not good enough. Now I'm not an advanced learner. Now I'm not in that state. So what am I now? I'm a failure. And I think that's, that's really at the core of the last issue. If I'm going to see myself as somebody who could be learning more and I'm not, what's that going to mean to me about myself? It's not just going to be, oh, it's too bad. I missed out the second hour of learning I could do today. That's not going to be what's crushing me. That will shut off even the first hour. Why should I lose the first hour? Because I'm not engaging in the second hour. What's going to crush me is, if I could learn a second hour and I'm not, that means that I'm, I'm not a real learner. I'm not a, to coin the expression, I'm not a good Jew. I'm not doing the full learning that I really am capable of. So I cannot bear that pain. I cannot bear the pain to feel about myself as failed, as not good enough. So of course, that will shut me down completely. I think if we go down the list, Every place we turn, we're going to find that at the core is, it winds up with a negative self-judgment. If I was taught, Torah is going to bring me simcha, it's supposed to be amazing. My experience wasn't quite like that. It didn't fill me with simcha. My, for me, it was very difficult and it wasn't, it wasn't experiences full of simcha. So how do I think about that? Something's the matter with me. I'm not good enough. I'm not okay. I remember the first time when I was, I've told, I've told this already, when I was sitting in my basement in the summer, starting to repair for the first sugya of the coming year. And there were a lot of problems, very, very confused, very unsure about a lot of things. And I thought to myself, okay, I guess that's how it's supposed to be. You know, at the beginning of the sugya, there are a lot of things that are unclear, a lot of questions. You know, it's, it's, I guess that's how it's supposed to be. Then I caught myself like, whoa, where did that come from? 
I never used to think like that. I always, whenever this happened before, I thought to myself, I guess I just don't know how to learn. I'm not good enough. I just know how to get it. I don't know how to get it done. And don't think that then that never came back again. <laughs> it came back plenty. But that, that was a moment of contrast. Like that day, I wasn't feeling that way about myself. Like I just I just don't know how to get shot like other people. But recurringly, I think if you'll, you know, if you listen over, <laughs> I listened over to that previous session many times to try to get an idea of what's really going on behind the scenes. I mean, it goes without saying, my past experience and learning was very unsuccessful, like somebody shared. Almost all of elementary school and all of high school. So of course, what's the association gonna be? Learning equals, I'm a failure. Does the past reflect that right now? Am I not able to learn right now? I can learn right now. I have enough intelligence and maturity. I'm not in the class setting. I can, I can learn according to my level. I can learn now. But what does it evoke in me? I'm no good. I'm a failure. That's what, that's what I experienced before. So, of course, that's going to be very, very powerful and very, very preventative. Can I ask you a question? Yes, by or all are means. Are you continuing oh. down the list? I don't want right to. In. No, no, it's, just, <laughs> it's not it's, necessary uh, to go through every single example. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I wanted to know if you could talk more about, I think, I think um, mainly we've been talking about the negative self-image. Right. Things like that coming up. Um, if you maybe could talk about like the anxiety involved, even in starting, that might also be to avoid the negative self-image, but right. feeling like I don't, I don't want to start this because maybe I won't get it, and right. if I don't get it, then exactly. that exactly. means that I'm okay. Exactly, exactly. You, you, you said it already. That that what what will stop me if there's a fear? It's an amazing thing. I, I really appreciate that because I had the same idea myself. Uh, with the assumption I had, then other people told me that's not the main thing. But um, you know. Many people have different kind of challenges. I had a thought in my own mind that what could prevent many people from learning, or at least some people, is that fear that maybe I'm not going to get it. I'm going to have difficulty. I'm going to get stuck. And then I'm going to feel about myself. See, I can't get it done. I can't do it. I don't know how to learn. On a basic level. On a yeah. basic level. I think, I think, uh, I think you might be level. talking more. I think you might be talking about more like, I have a question, uh, like like not getting something at a deeper level. There could be an anxiety, just what if I read this and I don't get it? Right, 100%. Every, any person on their own level can have this anxiety. I'm going to attempt to make effort. If, it's, if it takes effort, that means that it's not already known to me. It's not, not, not totally simple. What's real, what's real learning on, for any person on their level is with effort. If they're putting in effort, there's always the possibility. Well, maybe it won't be successful. Of course, if we had enough bitachon, you know, okay. The guy to learn with us, Al-Talmin, Hashem is for sure going to give me something in learning. And, but, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the ideal. But it's, it's quite natural to be afraid that maybe this effort will, will not yield the results that I'm hoping for. And then, like, on any level. And 
can be, you know, from the, from the most basic to the highest. But there is that possibility. Can I accept that? Can I, am I okay with, if it, if it, if it turns out, it doesn't go? Like, like, I, like I shared the last time, the Shiva retreated from some sugis in the blood share. You have to recognize how we just can't get this sugis. One time he said it was very hard for him. He kept on coming back, coming back again. You know, we can only wonder what that was about without, you know, trying to, you know, think that we can really fathom it, but it's okay. So at any level, it could be that, that fear that's, and if I don't get it, how am I going to feel about myself? I'm a failure. It's going to be a self-definition. At the core, there will be a negative self-definition of myself. If I did not succeed, I am a failure. The Torah is not giving me simcha. I am somehow damaged. I am not able to gain a simcha. I can't do what I did before, and I'm not measuring up. I'm not a good learner now anymore. I'm not being a Marbet's Torah, and I'm not achieving the goal that Shiva set out. So I'm not a success. I'm, I'm a failure. And in a similar way, even when I'm looking for the positive, that doesn't come. If I'm trying to give to myself the success to give myself the feeling of, of validity. And that isn't forthcoming. So then I'll be lacking that. I'm, I'm in need of that. I'm aiming for that. I'm trying to acquire that. Even if I don't take it to the extent of, which is most likely to happen, even if I don't take it that far, but still I'm, 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 I'm lost in not having the, the, the very desired positive affirmation of my good ability, of my worthiness. So wheresoever something about myself is involved, there's going to be a lot of difficulty. And as I think very important to know, and we'll sort of uh, try to wrap it up, that it's not a uh, option to try to push through. Even if we would think about ourselves, okay, I can summon the determination to force myself. That will not be a uh, satisfactory or even a viable solution. Can anybody guess why not? Besides the fact that it's not likely to work, can you give me another reason why that is not an acceptable um, way to address this challenge? Okay, you know, you can, you can share with me anytime. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. The uh, morale and of us where the Mishnah says one of the ways the Torah is acquired with Simcha, it brings the Gemara that says, Learning needs a clear mind. Have to be b'menucha. Have to be b'simcha. Even with all the good effort that we put in, we need to have basic measure of being benachas. And if I'm fraught with anxiety and fear and self-judgment, yeah, that kind of learning cannot be done with nachas and menucha. So it's not going to be the right kind of learning. So I think um, the, the root of the challenge is pretty clear. As is true in many areas of life, but it comes up very much in terms of learning. 
that it's very wound up with self-judgment or the fear of self-judgment in a negative way. And now the challenge is some, um, what uh, do we have to try to bring to bear to address this? What mahalo can we try to find to uh, at least try to ease that that um, debilitating force and eventually maybe to be able to release it or at least minimize it. May never go away completely. Just past Shabbos, I'm taking a long time with the Shnaya and thinking to myself, why can't I finish this? <laughs> it may never go away completely. But uh, hopefully try to find an approach that is free from being tied together with judging myself and proving to myself. Or, the worst way, knocking down myself. And that will be a kind of a learning that will be a learning that is of a midatayva, of a simcha, of a nucha. And I can't tell you what else because we need to try to figure that out. Of what is the core midatayva that is opposing this challenge? What is the flip side of this challenge? This challenge of judging myself negatively, looking for ways to prove to myself that I am good enough, that I am successful, that I am a good learner, that I am meeting up to. What is the flip side of this aspect of the very powerful aspect of the Yitzhahara? What is it really all about? And what is the opposing aspect of shlameless that counterbalances it? That it could serve as the reflection of the extreme other good side that we need to aim for. And now we have a lot to think about the next week. Okay, thank you very much for uh, your patience with me. And you know, if anything wasn't clear enough, you can let me know anytime. Thank you, Rabbi. <laughs> thank you, Moshe. Thank you, Moshe. Thank you, thank Rabbi. You. Thank you. Avi, hello. And Jonathan. Thank you. Okay. Have a good night, everybody.